Welcome to the podcast. I'm Joe Welter, and I'm here with Tom Stednicki via phone. How are you, Tom? I'm doing all right. I'm here, loud and clear. <laughs> so, I'm thinking, today's topic of discussion is going to be urban myths of Long Island that we kind of grew up with during high school, middle school, stuff we heard, you know, all through childhood, and some of these myths we actually explored. Is that like a scary story to tell in the dark? Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, Long Island is kind of known for, uh, I don't know, there's probably uh, half a dozen famous ones, one being like the Amityville Horror House. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we were watching that movie mm-hmm. uh, one time down in my basement, and uh, I, I remember it distinctly. The phone rang. It was a scene where the phone rings, and a woman picks it up, burns her hand. Yeah. Guess what? Right when that phone started ringing in the film, my phone in my parents' basement started ringing in the exact sequence. Your face when that happened was hysterical because we planned that out. We didn't actually plan it to happen when the phone rang in the movie, but we called a friend to to say, hey, call the house around this time and hang up. We're going to try to scare Tom. (laughs) And it just so happened that it lined up perfect with the phone call in the movie. No, no. So, there was a Montauk monster. Do you know much about that? Yeah, there sure was. Oh, yeah? Montauk monster, man. I couldn't tell you the year. Shoot, I couldn't even tell you the beach. I want to say it was probably mid-2000s. I would say earlier than that. think so? Mid-2000s? We'll go with it for now, for for story's sake. Yeah, late 90s, mid-2000s, early 2000s. Yeah, this this thing washed up on the beach, and it looked like half rodent, half I don't know, like pig. Um, yeah, had had had, had had canine teeth. Half pig, half walrus. <laughs> it made the papers. Half, half porpoise. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a big deal. No one can figure out what this thing was. It, had no, it only had like hair and in spots but the rest of its body was just skin and it didn't look like anything anyone had ever seen uh Avengers and incisors in the same place (laughs) (laughs) this thing was grotesque joe oh yeah no i know Uh, i think i think i think a little kid found it on the beach and pointed it out strangely enough didn't it didn't seem A lot of people were were thinking that like one of the theories was that it was an experiment gone awry um, at the Plum Island Animal Disease Center. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> but in the end, this urban myth turned out to be just a dog. Just a dog. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Nothing more. Just a dog. Yeah. Holy cow! That's I, one ugly dog. Yeah. So what, one last one we could talk about was um, 
something that goes back to the late 80s, which you might not know a whole lot about, but it actually happened near where I used to live. It was the UFO crash at South Haven Park. That's bringing it, bringing it back. Do you know about this or no? No, talk to me. This is a big deal. Um, so I had, I had left, uh, I guess, North Shirley area in 1988. And I think somewhere between 1989 and 1990, uh, there were a lot of people that saw something fly into South Haven Park. Then... Um, about, I don't know, 15 minutes later, a lot of the roads were closed off outside the park. And the, uh, the people that tried to go to the fence were, were turned away by, uh, you know, police and, and, and so on. Um, and the park was closed off for a day or so. Eventually, it was reopened. And um, the rumor was that there was a UFO that crashed and they took the either bodies or parts of it um, to Brookhaven National Lab, where we actually have a friend that works there currently. And I've asked him about this, and he denies that they have any type of alien technology there. But there were a lot of witnesses, and that's what gave this uh, a small bit of credibility, not that it was a UFO, but some people definitely saw something. Uh, and there was a, a group that went in, um, I think, a year later and did, uh, like, tests. I don't really know what tests they do, but they did find that a lot of trees were um, oddly magnetized, which is strange, in the area that supposedly this thing crashed in. There, there was um, a place that we grew up hearing about and it actually has a bunch of names. And uh, during high school, it was known to us in Shoreham as uh, the Mount Sinai Satanic House. Does that ring a bell to you? You know, as driving uh, on the North Country Road, uh, you would pass this cemetery. You were kind of going down a hill. So there was something exciting even... Uh, in the, in the manner in which you'd be in a car going down. It's mm-hmm. like, you'd be barreling past, you know, if you were in your parents' car, like going going someplace, you know, I don't know if anyone knows the area, but north there is Port Jefferson. It's North Country uh, Road. New York. Yeah. So if you're going barreling past, fast, you know, it's like you, you, you blink and you'll miss, miss it as you're rounding the corner. But, exactly. Uh, so, well, I mean, all we all we really heard in high school, uh, and this was like stuff that's been passed down from you know older brother to us or something like that, was that there was Satan worshiping happening. It was kind of like a, a modern day haunted house, right? And this kind of coincided around the time that we all started to drive cars, right? And we decided to find this house. And one of our buddies, um, I don't, I think it was Gene, said, "Hey, you know, uh, I think I know where it is. Uh, follow me." And you know, I followed his car one night, and we decided to kind of check it out, right? And it was it was me, Gene, maybe two other people, uh, and 
we kind of pulled into an old church from the 1800s and in this church there was like kind of a side parking lot and a graveyard behind it and it was pretty spooky and this is like in the fall and, and you know we had just got done watching the Blair Witch Project and and it was like the time of year so it made it a little extra creepy right so yeah. we, we went down this trail that we had to kind of weave through uh, a graveyard and we, we found this trail to the left hand side it was like an unmarked trail and we just start walking straight and we did notice there was like maybe a house or two that we had to pass but it was kind of, they were kind of overgrown but they weren't um it wasn't like there was no one living in there they, they, there were people there that, that definitely saw us and probably other people walking through the woods uh on a nightly basis to come check something out right so didn't it almost seem like the road where these houses were on was like one of those roads where it was like there's only enough pavement for there was no pavement to go by oh no there was no pavement it was a dirt road so it, you had to go through a parking lot in a church, through a graveyard to get to a dirt road, and you couldn't. It didn't look like anything. You would to have. And who's living in, in, the, in these places? Who's living right next to a graveyard? Behind the old church. I know, right? Strange. So we we can. Cont- how do they get the mail delivered? <laughs> I, maybe the mailboxes were out on the main road, but. PO boxes. Probably had PO boxes. <laughs> So we, we continued through, and it took us to a gate that was kind of sealed, but it looked like people had broken it and kind of uh, you know found their way into another part of the property. So we oh, wait, went. Wait, 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 wait a minute, Joe. Wait a minute, Joe. Hold on a second. Yeah. Hold on a second. Is this the, the time? Am I am I here at, at this point? No, no, no. This is this is the preliminary. Uh, this is. Uh, Recon? This is voyage? the this is the recon voyage there, right? Okay, okay. So we ended up walking down another trail for another minute or so, and we used our flashlights to see what was ahead of us, and then all of a sudden this giant mansion in the middle of nowhere had no one has been living in for a while was there, and we we looked at it, and, and it looked like a haunted house, pretty much. A giant stone chimney in the front, and it looked like this house went on for like forever because you you look down the hill and it was added onto and we're trying to figure out you know the end of this house because it looked like it was a mansion um so we started looking down on the ground and so on and we found like different polaroid pictures like in circles uh some pentagrams drawn on you know the outside of the house and then we went inside to just take a peek we didn't explore too much inside and it looked like there was the center of the floor um, in the in the great room when you first walk in was burnt and it was gone it was missing it was a giant hole in the ground um, and then we heard a loud noise um, and we couldn't really describe what that noise was uh, and, it, and it almost sounded like a you know maybe there was like a quad or something coming towards us from outside so we ran <laughs> we ran all the way through through the woods and then back to the car and then we kind of we were kind of freaked out i don't know why but we just didn't want to get you know you couldn't really put a finger on it but it was a creepy location so we all hopped in the car and 
and the next day at school this was the big talk you know we actually found the house and it's there and we got to go back right so amongst the group we all had um, this idea of, of, of going there with like three cars worth of guys and bringing bats and weapons just in case you know Satan worshippers are there right oh my goodness it's uh it's taking me back to even the preparation for for the the, the next trip mm-hmm and there was a teacher that we were we kept telling about this trip to, and I think it was Mr. Stegman. I didn't. teacher, Mr. Stegman. Yeah, I didn't have him, but he knew a little bit about this. Yes, for whatever reason, uh, we found that Mr. Stegman was like he, he seemed to have our sense of humor, and he, at least he got it and uh, could respond back in terms of our sense of humor that. <laughs> I remember, I remember you guys telling me about this, and and then we all pulled into his driveway uh, with three cars worth of people. Yeah, I remember he was wearing a white V-neck T-shirt, and uh, he he said his wife wouldn't would not let him uh, go. <laughs> so he, he was unable to make the uh, the trip. He wished us not to get arrested. Yeah. Yeah. So we continued on, and we. Um, I guess mo- I think most of the cars followed my car because I'd been there before, and we all kind of did the same thing, parked into uh, the church parking lot, and it was really eerie this time because there were some people at the church that were kind of like leaving, and there were you know some bells chiming, and it's like something had just finished, right? And even though there's like three cars worth of teenagers, no one cared, and no one really seemed to pay any attention to three cars worth of kids with bats and weapons getting out no, no, no. nobody cared about anything like that at the time Yeah, you know it, it, three carloads of teenagers walk out and, and head to a graveyard in, in, the, in the middle of the night on, on, a, on a Tuesday, on Tuesday yeah. and, and nobody, nobody bats an eye <laughs> so, so we all we all go through um through the trail and we're making our way towards the house we all go through the gate and I could tell that like once we hit that gate some people got a little creeped out um, but they continued with us and <laughs> uh, you know because they hadn't been there before I already kind of knew the lay of the land but they were pretty scared it's a kind of a creepy area so we end up going down this trail and then all of a sudden the house appears to everyone 
And I remember shining my, or me or you, shined our flashlight up at the window, and there was a reflection in the window, which shined it, kind of shined it back at us, where it, it was just kind of like a flash. And I, I, I remember diving into a bush. Everyone kind of scattered, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and then we all start, we all start laughing. Yeah, we all start laughing because we realize it, it was our flashlight to begin with. There was nobody there, right? Um, then we we kind of did a head count, and we we also realized that like the six guys in the station wagon had freaked out and ran away. <laughs> they left. <laughs> they left us there. And now, and now there was maybe uh, maybe another six or seven of us left. So we end up going uh, and exploring the house a bit and going inside. And it turns out that uh, you, I think you were the one that, that wanted to go upstairs, which we were kind of worried about because it, this is an abandoned house. I mean, we don't want you either falling through the floor or having an encounter with a squatter, which probably either case wouldn't have been good so what yeah did... you know i think about the squatters yeah i mean i think that's one of the reasons why we brought weapons it was 50 percent say to fight the satanic worshippers <laughs> the the other the other 50 percent was just in case there was like homeless people there and they wanted to fight us or something like that um but this time, I mean, we found more weird, strange Polaroids and circles on the dirt outside. Um, and yeah, I remember there was a uh, you know, kind of like a half melted um, tribute candle. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, uh, kids have definitely been going there for years. I mean, it was it was uh, I mean, it was a pretty cool place to go if you. I mean that. If you lived in the area and you had nothing to do and you were a teenager, you could go explore this place for one reason or another because no one was there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you were upstairs and you were exploring this place and you, you came back down. And we went into the kind of the, around the back. We went into the basement and it was kind of wide open where you can walk like right in. And it looked like there was an old stage and there was... Um, like murals drawn on the wall they none of them made any sense like we, right and it part of the mystery of this is like what is this place or what was it and then uh not like right next door there was kind of a newer structure um where it looked like it was made in the 80s or something like that and it didn't really match but no it didn't vinyl but, siding yeah but it, i mean it was also i mean totally abandoned and yeah. and we we were you know walking in and out of there and there was no one there and eventually you know we went back to our our cars and we went home and uh it was just a creepy night but nothing nothing crazy happened there it was it was nothing it was just uh kind of just a fun adventure to go explore and yeah, half of it was the hype the hype surrounding it, 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 it's you know existence, I mean, I'm not going to lie, we, we, you know, that, what may have been the the scariest part of, of the journey was the the uh, initial pass past that gate. Exactly. It's so. black, it's black, you don't know what 
you're about to encounter, you can't even see like five feet in front of you. Yep. So your eyes are still adjusting. So the, the rest the of Long Island knew this place for two different names. It was called the Satanic Trails or Satan's Gate. We knew it as the Satanic House because that's just one of, what one of our friends called it, and then we just went with it. But I guess the unofficial name, if you want to look it up, is Satan's Trails. And I actually did some research on this uh, because it was always in the back of my mind. Um, you know, like, what was this place? It was weird. Um, so I went, I did some research online, and I found that it was actually um, like a retreat in the 1950s called the Chandler Estates. And that's the type of place where celebrities would go to get away from Hollywood. And the way the property goes, if you would have continued into the backyard of the house and kept walking straight, there was actually a, pr a little private beach back there. Uh, I bet you, you didn't know any of that, right? I, I did not know any of that. Yeah, well, it gets more intriguing because uh, it's famous because that was the place that Marilyn Monroe used to go to and spend like spend some weekends out there. She used to go there with um, writer Arthur Miller and that was like their escape because no one can really find them. I mean, even people that currently live in like Mount Sinai area, Miller Place, Mount Sinai, um, they don't even know it exists. I wonder if Ralph Macchio knew it existed. <laughs> After the 1950s, the owners, um, the owner passed away and left the property to his wife, who started to run the property as uh, a type of like apartment complex. Uh, and it was the type of place that if you didn't have a whole lot of money, and you were a hippie at the time between the 60s and, and the late 70s, uh, you would go stay there. It was kind of communal. It was uh, a place that if you graduated college uh, in the area and you had no money, you might get an apartment there or rent a room. And the center of the house, when you first walk in, where we actually saw the burnt out floor, um, once had a giant uh, wood-burning stove that well into the 70s was used to actually heat the entire house. Also, um, more uh, structures were added onto and modernized to accommodate people living there and staying there. That would explain the extra structures that we saw that looked like they were from maybe the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, and then in 2004, after the property had laid abandoned um, through most of the 80s, uh, the town decided that they were going to use uh, the structure as a training um, place where they can light a fire and have their uh, volunteer fire department put it out, uh, essentially burning it to the ground and also getting rid of a liability because a lot of local kids used to go and hang out there uh, and they didn't want that happening anymore. Interesting. Very interesting, right? So they, they, they were finally able to 
uh, tackle the uh, the problem of uh, teenagers and street toughs <laughs> using the place as a as their stomping grounds, their laugh factory. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. That's <laughs> that's really all I have on <laughs> on this topic. But it was a fun time, and and you know to be able to go and explore stuff as a teenager. Um, that's like the most fun you have usually when you go on an adventure with your friends, especially like either uh, by foot or like when you first get your license, you feel like you can go anywhere and you tackle these things, and it it was a fun time. We went to hell and back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, thanks for joining me again for another podcast. Thanks for having me, man. All right. As always. All right. Mm-hmm.